Bapa kasihlah perempuan Hiranya Kashipu Very intelligently Describe the position of the soul The soul is never the body The soul is never the body But is always completely different from the body Being eternal and inexhaustible The soul has no death But when the same pure soul Desires to enjoy the material world independently He is placed under the conditions of material nature And must therefore accept a certain type of body And suffer the pleasures and pains thereof This is also described by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita 13.22 Karanam Guna Sangrasya Sad Asad Yoni Janmashu the living entity is born in different families or species of life because of being infected by the modes of material nature. When conditioned by material nature, the living entity must accept a certain type of body which is offered by nature under the direction of the Supreme Lord. Ishwara Sarva Bhutana Pradeshe Arjuna Tishtati Brahmayan Sarva Bhutani Yantra Rudhani Mayaya The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart O Arjun and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of the material energy Bhagavad Gita 18.61 The body is just like a machine and according to the living entity's karma he is offered a particular type of machine to move here and there under the control of material nature. This continues until he surrenders to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Until he surrenders, until he surrenders, the conditioned soul is carried from life to life by the arrangement of material nature. Until he surrenders, the conditioned soul is carried from life to life by the arrangement of material nature. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Jnanaanjana Shalakaya Chakshurum Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutaleva Swayam Rupa Kadamadhyam Dadati Svapadantikam Mukham Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langhayate Girin Yadkripatam Manam Vande Sri Guru Dhinatarinam Vanchakal Patarubhyascha Kripasindhu Pyaevacha Patitanam Pavadebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Nitya Atma Vyayaka Shuddhara Sarvaka Sarvavit Parala Dhatte Sav Atma Nolingam Mayaya Vishrajan Muna
The spirit soul, the living entity, has no depth for he is eternal and inexhaustible. Being free from material contamination, he can go anywhere in the material or spiritual worlds. He is fully aware and completely different from the material body. But because of being misled by misuse of his slight independence, he is obliged to accept certain and gross bodies created by the material energy and thus be subjected to so-called material happiness and distress. Therefore, no one should lament for the passing of the spirit soul from the body. So, another very interesting verse spoken by a very ironically uh, interesting personality, all these verses. So, what is the context that has led to this verse? Very quickly, in the previous chapter, Maharaj Parikshit had asked Sukhdev Goswami about Shishupal. And Shishupal, being a demon, being uh, inimical to the Lord, how come Shishupal got Mukti? Ayujya Mukti he got in personal liberation. How come he got that? So, how does the Lord operate with demons? So, in response, Sukhdev Goswami is revealing in this chapter who that Shishupal was in previous verses. And that's how the context of Hiranyakashipu comes about. He explains that there was another than Jaya Vijaya in the spiritual world and then came as Hiranyakashipu or Hiranyakshan and then as uh, Ravana and Upakarana and then eventually as uh, Shishupal and Nandavakarana. Of course, in Kali Yuga we know they came as Jaya and Madhari. So, having given that particular context of uh, Hiranyakashipu's appearance to, uh, and who is Hiranyakashipu to Parishit Maharaj. Sukhdev Goswami in this chapter introduces Hiranyakashipu in a major way. That is why this chapter is called Hiranyakashipu, the king of the demons. There he comes. He is entering now. So, this chapter talks of Hiranyakashipu's unbridled anger. Unbridled anger and his response to that anger. Anger and response to anger. Who was he angry at? Lord Vishnu. Why was he angry at Lord Vishnu? Because he killed my brother. He killed my dear brother. Hiranyaksha. How dare Lord Vishnu touch my brother Hiranyaksha. That was his it was immaterial to him that his brother was a demonic personality. Just like many parents are completely oblivious to the deeds of their children. They say, Mera bachcha, mera lal. That lal may be doing so many things, nonsensical in the world. But then, overwhelmed by affection, then the parents are not able to see the mistakes, misdeeds of their children. So, Hiranyakashipu himself was a demon, and Hiranyaksha is another demon. So, one demon is not able to see the misdeeds of another demon because both are demons and on top of that one is the brother of the other. So, now Hiranyakashipu therefore, because he was angry at Lord Vishnu, he started casting aspersions on Lord Vishnu. Lord Vishnu is called as Achyuta. No one can find a fault with the Lord because the Lord is called as Inquality. Sorry. 
He wanted to find a fault with Lord Vishnu, who is otherwise called as Achyuta or the infallible. When he could not find any faults, he is saying that the Lord is partial. <laughs> Actually, the Lord is partial in one sense. So Saraswati is coming on his tongue. But not. But his saying the Lord is partial is not in a favorable way. It's not anukul. It's a pratikul statement. He says the Lord is partial. And because the Lord is partial to who? He is partial to the devatas. He is partial to the pious living entities. And he is doing partiality in a very negative way with those people who don't respect his authority. And that's why in that partiality towards the pious living entities, he has killed my brother, Hiranyaksha. Therefore, I want to take revenge now. I have to take, I have to avenge the death of my dear brother. Therefore, he is saying, Oh my dear fellow man, my dear demons, go and destroy Brahminical culture in society. <coughs> go and destroy Brahminical culture in society. Go and destroy Mother Nature. Destroy the trees which give valuable fruits and vegetables. Destroy the animals. Destroy the fundamental fabric of a country's economy. Economy is not based on Bitcoin. We all know that. Or cryptocurrency. Rupert says, Economy is based on agriculture and cow protection. So, and Hiranyakashipu was wise. He is not like the modern fools. He knows where to hit. Though he was a demon, he was intelligent. He was a Shastrika demon. He had done Bhakti Shastri course. Right? So he knew what is Varnashtra He knew exactly where to hit. So he is saying, go and destroy nature. Destroy animals, especially the cows. Destroy the cow sheds. So he attacked exactly where it will hurt most. So on one hand he started that carnage. He gave an instruction to the demon. On the other hand, he was a brother. Obviously some affection was there for his own kid and kin. So on one hand he is giving these instructions to destroy Varanashramadharma, which is very much part of the Bhagavad Gita. On the other hand, and very paradoxically, he is instructing his nephews on Bhagavad Gita. So these are the verses from, these are exactly Bhagavad Gita, what he is speaking right now. <laughs> he is pacifying his nephews, Oh my dear nephews, do not grieve the death of Hiranyaksha, because he was not a body. He was a spirit soul. <laughs> so he is giving Bhagavad Gita one <laughs> to his uh, nephews. And he is telling them about the temporary nature of material existence. So today's verse, uh, it talks about the temporary nature of the body. And it talks about karma philosophy. What goes around, comes around. And tomorrow also he is going to continue speaking Bhagavad Gita. Now, how wonderful is this? If someone walks into the class and they don't know who is speaking this verse? If someone walks into the class and they don't know who is speaking this verse, they will think, oh, the spirit soul, what is the verse that can read from here, read from here. The spirit soul has no death, for he is eternal and inexhaustible. And the person has just walked in through the door and the person doesn't know who is speaking. What do you think that person is thinking? Who is speaking these verses? 
a great devotee of the Lord. A great transcendentalist is speaking this word because they don't know the title. They don't know Hiranyakashipu who is speaking this word. And that's where exactly the whole thing gets deceptive. So, at the outset, if you see, everything that Hiranyakashipu speaks seems to be perfect and completely aligned with Bhagavad Gita chapter 2. Everything is perfectly aligned. In fact, this verse is very applicable to speak in a funeral. <laughs> if we go to a funeral and speak these verses, this is where, you know, when someone has lost someone, then philosophically one can speak this. So in a funeral, when one usually hears this, then one may say, thank you very much. These are the exact words that we want to hear from the Shastras. These are older words. And after that, they ask us, by the way, who spoke these verses? And we tell them, Hiranyakashipu. Let's say it is a devotee. They say, Hiranyakashipu spoke these verses. And they say, oh my God, did he speak So it's like that. So, now on top of that, Srila Prabhupada, who is a pure devotee, who is a representative of Lord Krishna, he is giving purport on Hiranyakashipu's verses. So somebody may say that also. Why did Prabhupada comment on Hiranyakashipu's verse? Prabhupada should have just skipped it because Hiranyakashipu was speaking. But whereas Radha Prabhupada is giving elaborate purports, and in Prabhupada's purports, at least today, he is not saying Hiranyakashipu is speaking and therefore he should not be accepted. Prabhupada is still giving very serious purports to this verse. Right? So if you can see the mode of this section, it is like that. So, if someone is coming in, and does not understand the holistic context, he will think these are beautiful verses and he doesn't know who is Hiranyakashipu. But he knows Prabhupada is a saintly person commenting on this text. So therefore the person will start thinking Hiranyakashipu is a saintly personality. <laughs> right? So therefore, one should understand the holistic context of the scripture and not just take select sections. Only then one will get a bona fide understanding of what is going on here. These flowery words of Hiranyakashipu, which he is speaking here, someone can easily fall in love with these words. Heavy, heavy words he is speaking. And then they will say, who is the speaker? Can we invite him to Melbourne? Can we ask him to give Sunday this class? His personality, Hiranyakashipu. Therefore, one needs the understanding, not only of what is knowledge, but who is speaking that knowledge? Therefore, the book Bhagavata is not enough. The person Bhagavata is also important. Otherwise, this is book, this is book Bhagavata which is giving this. But who is speaking this? Hiranyakashipu. Again, ironically, Srila Prabhupada once started a class somewhere by saying, all glories to everyone, to the deities, etc. And then Prabhupada said, all glories to Hiranyakashipu. And crypto the world, why Prabhupada is saying this? Because Prabhupada was talking about Narsimhari. So Prabhupada said, all glories to Hiranyakashipu. In fact, Prabhupada said, all glories to Sriman Hiranyakashipu. <laughs> Sriman is usually used to give a lot of respect to someone. Sriman Mahaprabhu. Sriman Hiranyakashipu. All glories to him, Prabhupada said. And Prabhupada said, he must be grateful to you. Now why we have to be grateful to Hiranyakashipu? Because it took a Hiranyakashipu for Lord Narsimhadev to descend. 
That is why we have to be grateful to Hiranyakashipu. Otherwise, there would have been no Narasimha prayer. No Namaste Narasimha. Without Hiranyakashipu. So, Prabhupada said we have to be grateful to Sriman Hiranyakashipu. So, everything has to be seen in a holistic context. If someone says we have to be grateful to Hiranyakashipu and then goes out of the class to drink water, then they have missed what are the second part that Prabhupada said. For what reasons? So, we cannot see all these Hiranyakashipu's words in isolation. And therefore, the same Srila Prabhupada who said Sriman Hiranyakashipu also created the institution called ISKCON. And in ISKCON, Srila Prabhupada gave us a framework for how to understand Shastras. Prabhupada gave us the framework for Shastrik education. Shastrik education, Srila Prabhupada said, should focus on three things. What are the three things? It should focus on K for knowledge, S for skills, and V for values. Knowledge, skills and values. This is the bedrock of Shastrik education. Because simply knowledge and skill without core values is useless. We see enough of that in today's society. What is important is the motivation behind why someone is developing a skill or the motivation or the intent behind why someone is developing or deploying a specific knowledge. Someone is putting a knowledge to use. That motivation decides whether it is favorable or unfavorable for people. That is very important. I was hearing a podcast by His Grace Chaitanya Charan Prabhu where he said that he once went and asked his spiritual master, his holiness Raghunath Swami, he asked, Maharaj, people are giving me feedback that my classes are very technical and sometimes they go above the head. So, Chaitanya Charan speaks very technical. People who are technically very inclined, personally, I love his classes. And I'm sure all of us love his classes. But for me, I know I really hear his classes every other day. But in his own humility, he said that people are saying that this is very technical. So what should I do, Maharaj? Like Gaur Gopal Prabhu. Many of you have heard Gaur Gopal Prabhu. What is the characteristic of Gaur Gopal Prabhu's classes? Humor and wit. Right? So he says, like Gaur Gopal Prabhu, should I include, include humor in my classes? So he asked this question. So, Radharaj Maharaj turned around and told him that you have logic, wisdom and uh, in your classes. Gaur Gopal Prabhu's classes have humor and wit and I have neither of these points. Radharaj Maharaj said, I have neither of this. But I will give you one thing by which I have been empowered somehow or the other to give classes and why I can connect. And that reason is that I have genuine concern for the hearer of my classes. So it's not about logic, wit, humor. Preaching is about genuine concern for the welfare of the audience. And if that one 
quality is there that Preeti is successful. Because someone who is very genuinely concerned about his audience will want to give a genuine product. And which is the only genuine product in this world? Krishna Kata. Because only this, Prabhupada says, can give direction to an otherwise misdirected civilization. So Hiranyakashipu is giving this knowledge of Bhagavad Gita. But what is his motivation? Is it genuine concern for the hearer? No. It is born out of anger and vengeful mentality directed at a supreme personality of God. So such knowledge is not going to be of any use. It's useless itself, such knowledge. Nevertheless, for devotees, Prabhupada doubted everything. Prabhupada's only agenda, Prabhupada's agenda here is not to criticize Hiranyakashipu. Prabhupada's agenda is to address our mind, which is the Hiranyakashipu, through the words hmm, of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, in terms of knowledge, if you see, in terms of hmm, pure knowledge, Hiranyakashipu is demonstrating a fair understanding. Hiranyakashipu is demonstrating a fair understanding of Varanashrama Dharma to start with. Varanashrama Dharma, what is Varanashrama Dharma? Varanashrama Dharma is the fabric which has been given, it's the structure which has been recommended for society so that living entities can gradually live in harmony and then progress gradually towards Developing love of God for gradual progression. Paranashrama Dharma is that which brings stability and order to society. What is the heart of Paranashrama Dharma? Where does it lie? It lies in the Brahminical layer. Even for a company to succeed, even for a corporate organization to succeed, a corporate organization needs good staff, it needs good systems. It needs good skills, right? It needs a proper organizational structure. It needs proper staffing. It needs so many things, right? It needs a proper strategy, right? But at the core of all these S's is the big S of shared values. If shared values is attacked, then everything else which comes from those shared values be it a great strategy you have developed, a great structure you have set for your organization, great staffing, everything collapses. Now, Hiranyakashipu knows very well, after all, he is Jaya, 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 and Jaya. Right? So, somehow or the other, Samsaraswati is there in this country. Right? So, he knows very well that if I have to hit society, I have to hit the Brahminical layer. If I hit Chatriya layer, some more Kshatriyas will come. As long as Brahminical culture is prevalent in society, I cannot impact this society. They may collapse temporarily, but they will rise again because they will have the foundation of Shastric education for sustenance. But if I hit the Brahminical layer, then the whole foundation is shaken up, there is nothing left. There is nobody to guide the Kshatriyas. If no one guides the Kshatriyas, Kshatriyas cannot guide Vaishyas. The governance and leadership cannot govern or control or give direction to the people who produce wealth in society. And the people who produce wealth in society cannot or will have no control over the people who are 
laborers who are working with their own hands. So if Brahmin, Brahmanas are gone, then Kshatriya, Vaishya and Chudra, everything will collapse. So Hiranyakashipu knows this. So in that sense he is very intelligent, but he is using his intelligence for the wrong purpose. So he knows that he has to detect Brahminical layer. Now, he could have used this knowledge of Varnashrama Dhamma to bring order in society. But he is exactly using this knowledge for the opposite purpose. Which is very akin or similar to the terrorists of today. No longer are terrorists uneducated people. Some of the terrorists, they have got PhD. <laughs> they have studied in big universities. They exactly know how to manipulate matter, how to make a bomb, right, for example. And then some of the terror terrorists are management gurus. They know exactly where to attack. Right? So that it destroys the economy. Of course, modern day economy is based on nonsense. But still, whatever it is based on, they know where that they have they won't hit that. Right? So this is exactly what Hiranyakashipu's So modern day we see, we see this Hiranyakashipu's methodology being used today also. For example, when I was a child, I still remember that I was very small, probably I don't know, 1971 was the India-Pakistan war or something. 72. I was yeah, probably 3 or 4 years old at that time. So I remember that these airplanes used to come and it used to really scare me. Even today I get scared when that order the race goes on the Grand Prix. You know, those airplanes are going up, scale nuisance, right? They go right above your building, right? And they make a very, very uh, scary noise, right? So I still remember those, those noises and then my mother used to switch off all the lights. And I used to tell why are we switching off all the lights, even at 8.30, because there is an announcement saying they switch off all your lights. Because my house was very close to the uh, to a place called Trombe in Bombay, in Mumbai, which is the atomic nuclear hub of India, right? So they knew that if Pakistan attacks, it is going to try and attack this center. If they attack here, everything is gone, whole Bombay is gone. And that was near my house. <laughs> there were maximum security there. So all of us, not even a candle, we were allowed to leave. No trace of light so that airplanes are <coughs> going up trying to bomb. Everything is dark, the pilot cannot see. So that is the care with which even these people take. They know exactly where to attack. Or we saw the twin towers attack, right? So Hiranyakashipu, it all starts with Hiranyakashipu. He knew where to attack. So he is advising to take this Brahminical layer. And what did Srila Prabhupada do? When Prabhupada established the seven purposes of ISKCON, one of the purpose was to generate top class Brahmanas in society. Develop the real Aryans in society, the think tank. Prabhupada wanted to establish this think tank who can guide civilization for the next thousands of years. And what is the basis of that think tank? Srila Prabhupada's books. Now, why, despite having all this knowledge, of Bhagavad Gita, of Shastras, despite having knowledge of Shastras, despite having knowledge of Bhagavad Gita chapter 2 so well, such a good command Hiranyakashipu has over this, why is he behaving in this way? Obviously, it is common sense to understand that he is acting out of supreme envy towards the Lord. Supreme envy to the person who has given him this knowledge. He is directing the same knowledge which Krishna gave to kill Vishnu. <laughs> so, 
this verse talks tells us about the nature of demons the nature of demons itself is to be envious of the position of the lord and therefore the only agenda they have is to somehow or the other kill the lord somehow or the other spread hatred for the lord and somehow or the other direct try to finish the devotees of the lord in some way because the devotees are the one who keep the lord glorified in this world so the same knowledge that actually can help hiranyakashipu develop love of god he is misusing to destroy the ecosystem in which devotional life can flourish he is doing that so in summary of this particular section knowledge can be great but great knowledge can do great things for mankind and it can cause the greatest destruction also of mankind so it is a double edged sword knowledge now not only hiranyakashipu is demonstrating knowledge but he is also demonstrating the next aspect of shastrik shastrik studies is skills he is able to give skillfully the knowledge to the demons right which means he is demonstrating the ability to brainwash demonstrating the ability he generalizes lord vishnu's killing hiranyaksha to lord vishnu's partiality towards the devi gods and injustice to the demonic clan he is coming in that way that come on my dear brothers my dear demons we are all one right so he is he is doing that now if you go back in modern history there were what the, they used to call as the crusaders you know what's what are the crusaders so what happened was uh, there was a threat to jerusalem to christianity jerusalem the muslims were trying to invade jerusalem and control jerusalem right obviously the christians were not very happy with that therefore there is lot of army that came in to fight against to guard jerusalem against the muslim attack invasion now while this was anyway going on this news had somehow reached germany so what happened in germany the farmers the farmers are not even satriya the farmers are vaishyas so the farmers heard this and how did they hear this message they said they heard from whoever preached to them that if you can kill even one person who is inimical to jesus who is the only savior so even if one person in this world says that no jesus is not the only savior that means that person is not alive okay and if you kill such a person who does not agree that jesus is the only savior then you will go to heaven and for every such person you kill you will have that many that much of stain right so this is the message that the farmers heard farmers have not studied any shastras right not that they had studied the bible also so they may not know the true import of the bible as well right so they were farmers yeah. right um what made the christian leader for the process here is that they have all the studies for judaism very good this means you think you have studied it nicely uh-huh. 
So these people had not studied it, also. therefore they said like to the farmers. And the farmers also started, they were naive. So they took that brainwashing. And then what happened? Because of that, it's true that Jesus is the savior. Nobody will say Jesus was a genuine representative of the Lord. He's a great personality. There's no doubt about it. Christianity is a great religion. There's no doubt about that. But saying that Jesus is the only savior and all others are bogus, that is getting a little bit fanatical, right? So this is the kind of brainwashing that was happening. So these uh, people who were there, these farmers, what they did was, they said, okay, let us also, even we want to go to heaven now. <laughs> so let us march. But when they started marching, original intent was to go where? To Jerusalem, to wait of the Muslim invasion. But on the way in this march, they met the Jews. And they said, hang on, even these guys are not accepting this philosophy. So, even if we, the whole philosophy was that whoever does this, if you kill that person, you will go to heaven. So, let us attack the Jews. And that's how this whole thing started. So, this is the power of brainwashing innocent people. So, they otherwise do not, they don't know what they are doing right now. Right? Obviously, having done that, they cannot be called innocent anymore. Right? They had an act, they had the option to study pure Christianity directly the way that Lord Jesus gave them. It would never have happened. Even the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not kill. So, where is the question of actually killing of Jews or you know, anyone for that matter? Right? So, therefore, this is the power of someone who has a skill and who has who misuses knowledge very skillfully to brainwash. So, Hiranyakashipu is doing that right now. Now, similarly in India also, India this happens all the time. In India, what happens? It's not it's not Jesus Christ or anything. In India, it happens based on mostly the Indian politicians do it based on caste and creed. They use it to polarize society. And if the politician is a very good speaker, then such a person can come to power very quickly. Forget. Even if they go to jail and are in prison for murder and rape, they still come back and get re-elected as leaders. This is what this is nonsense going in today's society. right? Because someone who can speak well, generally, the innocent masses, they tend to vote for him. Because you know, his rhetoric uh, pandered to some of their own insecurities. So, Hiranyakashipu is also exploiting this very wisely here. <coughs> so, the people who, who get convinced, people who usually, who are the people who get convinced with such rhetoric? Who are the people who get convinced with such bogus philosophy? Or genuine philosophy given with an ulterior motive? Who are the people who get? These are the people who are who don't who have never studied the scriptures, okay, or who are convinced in their confusion. Who are convinced in their confusion? Right. For example, I was recently in Mumbai, so I had a guest. So I was speaking. Uh, this person was a guest, so obviously I had to maintain the Atiti Devo Bhava. This guest is like God. So I could not go too much in preaching. But I was just asking this person, what is your philosophy? He said, uh, in our religion, he, was, he belonged to some religion, I don't want to name that religion right now. So he started off by saying, in our religion, Krishna is not. We don't. In fact, he said Krishna is in hell. Because he married. He said, 
I also married, you also married. Should we go to hell just because we married? So there was some, no, something no. going on like that. Okay. So then I said, then who is God? Then he said, some Mr. A is God. Okay. We believe A is God. Then I said, that means A created the whole world. He is the cause of everything. No, 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 no. That is Brahma. Then I said, that means A created Brahma. No, 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 no. A, there is nothing that A created Brahma. Then I said, I am confused. If A did not create Brahma, and Brahma created everything, then Brahma should be God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also said that Brahma Vishnu Mahesh is God. I said, very good. Come to the party. Right. Then after some time, then I said, Brahma Vishnu Mahesh are God. And then he said, but then A says that everybody is God. Then he said, everybody is God. That means you are God and I am God. I, I asked him. Then he said, yes, you are God and I am God. That means actually you and I created the whole cosmos. Do you really believe that? I asked him. He said, I am not sure. <laughs> okay. But we say that every, we are only God. Then he said, if you and I are God, then you and I are only, then maybe you are Brahma, I am Vishnu or something like that. And where is the third person? Where is Mahesh? Who is that? Because there are so many people. Will there not be a competition of who is Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh? If all of us are God. So this is utter confusion. And then finally I asked, okay, enough of philosophy. Prabhupada always said, what is your philosophy? What is your practice? What do you practice to attain realization? What is the goal of your life? So he said, watch! I said, how do you attain that? He said, we have to light a candle and we have to watch the candle light. I said, that means you watch candlelight every day for how many hours? He said, I don't have time, he said. Candlelight, who will have time to watch? Full day, right? So there is no someone like that. There is, there is no understanding of who is God and who are we. There is no understanding of what is the goal of life. And therefore, and there is no understanding of the process also. So, this is confusion. This is called as confusion. And such persons, okay, they go about and confidently give talks to other people also. And some other people, sorry, getting a cramp. So some other people are there. There is an example which we often we heard in Radha Gopinathuru's classes. This is about a person by the name Muhammad. He was a true Muslim, right? Going to the mosque every day. One day what happened was suddenly this Muhammad stopped going to the mosque. So whoever was in charge of the mosque, he said, go and find out why this Muhammad is not coming to the mosque. Right? So then he sent another fellow, Abdul. Abdul went and found out where Muhammad lives. And then he asked Muhammad, hey Muhammad, since the last many months you have stopped coming to the mosque. Why? So Muhammad said that I have studied the Quran, therefore I am not coming to the mosque. What is written in the Quran? In the Quran it is read, a real Muslim will never enter the mosque. In the Quran never read like that. Right? He said, went back and he told the, the head of the priest whoever was there. He said, he is saying like this. So he opened. Yes. It is written. A true Muslim will never enter the mosque. But in the next page it was written without washing his feet. Right? He did not read that part. He only took the first part. This is called as Ardha Kukutnyaya. 
half knowledge. So people are confused even in India because of half knowledge. Not only in India, everywhere people are confused. Right? So these are examples. Either you get some bogus philosophy, which is Kichudi philosophy, which we talked about earlier. Everybody is God, you are God, I am God, then nobody is God. And then different, different definitions of God. Or this kind of a philosophy. So, this is the reason for chaos in society. So, Kiranyakashipu is perfectly exploiting this situation. <laughs> so, he, and who thrives? When everyone is confused, a great speaker always thrives. Because it is said, in front of a dumb man, a person who stammers is an erudite speaker. <laughs> right. Right. So, this is the problem. Now, Hiranyakashipu in this verse, Hmm? Or in, in the in, in last few verses, in fact, and even in the next verse, he is also talking of Sankhya philosophy, the temporary nature of the body, the material elements. Hmm? He is talking about all that. Hmm? So he is demonstrating his ability to not only influence people but also pacify people at the time of their grief. Hmm? People are wounded. Deity is crying over them. Right? So he is, he is pacifying them also. Hmm? Obviously. It seems that he has got some kind of vibhuti from the Lord for being giant the ability, the All ability in man comes from Krishna himself, right? So he is using the vibhuti. However, Srimad Bhagavatam elsewhere in another section talks about this beautiful verse. Yes, yes, the bhakti Bhagavata Kinchana. Sarvaya Gunaya Tatra Samasate Sura Harao Abhakta Kuto Mahaguna Mano Athena Sati Bhagavata. Rupan, they are right that a non-devotee cannot have any good qualities. Doesn't mean non-devotees cannot be good people, but that is very circumstantial. When a conditioned soul is influenced by the mode of goodness, they do good things. That's all. Right? Eventually they can be caught by the mode of passion and ignorance. That's why that was Haravakta Puto Mahapuna. As someone said, even a watch, a clock which has stopped, shows the right time twice a day. Even a clock which has stopped working shows the right time twice a day. Right? So that is the philosophy of these people. Right? So the Srimad Bhagavatam clearly says this is nonsense. Even whatever philosophy of Sanskrit must have been written, the Bhagavatam clearly says. Nayat Vatas Chitra Padam Hare Yaso Jagat Pavitram Pradurna Pradurita Pradichit Na Vayasam Tirtham Pushanti Manasa Na Yatra Hamsha Niramanti Pushikshayaha Prabhupada says that one can speak very flowery words, one can quote from here and there, one can write excellent novels, show, show tremendous knowledge, control over grammar, poetry, everything. However, if that literature, which has been otherwise written in perfect grammar, has not glorified the Lord and his pastimes, such literature is pilgrimage for the crows. Pilgrimage for the crows. Which means what? Where do crows congregate? In garbage. So such literature is garbage. On the other hand, in the next verse, and this is Narathri telling Yasdev, on the other hand, that literature which glorifies the Lord even if it is imperfectly composed. 
Shrinvanti Gayanti Grinanti Sadhava is glorified by all transcendentalists simply because even if imperfectly composed, it glorifies the Lord. So Hiranyakashipu's words may be perfect in Sanskrit, may be perfect in terms of its philosophical content when seen in isolation, but it is useless because it will not generate rati, it will not generate love of Godhead. So it is useless literature in that sense. But of course, for us, because it is contained in Srimad Bhagavatam, it is still useful because we are interested in reading Shradi Shira Karubha's purport. Not his means, Hiranyakashipu's intent. So, devotees do not care about erudition. Devotees do not care about grammar. The same thing was demonstrated in Lord Chaitanya's past time also. Lord Chaitanya, when he saw the Brahman who was reading the scripture upside down, Bhagavad Gita, but he was having tears in his eyes. So Lord Chaitanya said, you can't even understand this. Why are you crying? Then he says, how compassionate. I just saw the cover. How compassionate is this Lord who has become the servant of his devotee. When I see this, I am thinking of the Lord. And every page that I open, I can only see the Lord. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, this is Bhakti. You can give class. <laughs> Not those people who simply can recite Sanskrit, but who can't see Krishna in so, most important essence here is seeing Lord Krishna in every verse. Because the whole intent of Shastric study or any activity is what? Developing love of Godhead. Dharmasva anushtita kumsam vishvaksena tathasuyala na utpadeya dhiriyatin shramayevani kevanam. Any activity is useless waste of time if it does not develop love of Godhead. So, this is another example. Yet another example from Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, underlining or underscoring this is, we all know that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to do pastimes in Sriva Sangat, in Sriva's Pandit's house. Now, not everyone was invited inside, <laughs> inside those chambers, right? So once what happened, Sriva's Pandit brought one uh, very apparently saintly looking personality. Falahari hmm? Baba. Falahari means what? One who only takes fruits and do the Only only one who takes fruit and milk. So he brought him in Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. And Mahaprabhu is feeling something is wrong here. Someone who should not have entered is entering here. And Sivar Pandit, Mahaprabhu, he is eating only fruits and he drinks only milk occasionally. Mahaprabhu said, Do you think there is a qualification for Krishna Bhakti? Eating only fruits and drinking milk. Even herbivorous animals do that. <laughs> Who may not have right? Just like someone went proudly and told Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I become vegetarian. Prabhupada said, monkeys are also vegetarian. What is the difference? As you becoming vegetarian is something big. <laughs> it's like, you know, in Hindi movies earlier, you know, I remember old movies, they used to say, Hamara beta bhi ye hai bhi ye. You remember these movies? In those days, Bachelor of Arts was a big qualification. If today someone tells, my son is B.A. So what is the big deal? Right? In just drinking milk and eating fruits. Mahaprabhu said that is not the essence. He says better than that. Mahaprabhu told after that. He is saying better than that is Gajendra the elephant. Though he was elephant, he could not recite the Vedas. But at the time of distress, and he was very attached to his family also. So he was a very ordinary personality. 
But at the time, at least what happened? At the time of distress, he had surrendered to the Lord. So if someone is not surrendered to the Lord, all these austerities will not help. The same principle was also given in Srimad Bhagavatam by Jadabharat to Rahuguna. Rahuguna yeta tapasana yati. Na chedjaya nirvapana dhrihatva. Na chandasa eva jalakanti surya vina mahatpada rajovishetam. Which means what? He said, my dear Rahuguna, don't think that by going and sitting in the hot summer, amidst burning fire and doing those austerities, you have done something great. Don't think that in the cold of winter, you go and sit in the ocean, completely naked, and you are able to sustain that cold. Don't think that by that austerity, you have attained anything. By all this, the heart can become hard. The simple way of attaining love of God is what? Bina Mahatpada Rajabhishikam. Take the dust of the devotees, of pure devotees of the Lord on their on your head. Which literally also means that, but means follow in the footsteps of the devotees. Which is what Rupa Goswami also says in Nectar of Infection. Follow in the footsteps of the devotees. That is the way of attaining love of God. Not all these austerities. So Hiranyakashipu's mood is completely pratikul here. He is speaking all kinds of philosophy, but at the end of the day, that philosophy is not going to lead anyone to love of God. Many people go to different, different schools and come after that to Iskwan. They say, when we say study Bhagavad Gita, they say, yeah, yeah, we have Bhagavad Gita. Then whose Bhagavad Gita you have said? And they say this Nanda and that Nanda. I don't want to name. <laughs> right? Then they tell that, is it okay if you study that? Then we say, why don't you study Prabhupada Bhagavad Gita? As it is. Then they sometimes study also. And they say, they study initial few chapters of Bhagavad Gita and say, everything is same. Everything is same. Even that Nanda is saying that, you know, we are not the body, we are the soul. So everything is same, 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 same. No, 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 no. Everything is not same, 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 same. There is a one, one example that I once heard from, uh, from one from one of my mentors who was Gopal Krishna Maharaj devotee in Toronto, disciple. He said a very good example. I still remember it vividly. It was 2002 I heard this example. It stays with me. He said when a flight, when an airline, aircraft takes takes off from India, let's say Mumbai, I go there, example, or from Delhi, Let's say it takes off from Delhi. Mm, it takes off. And then where is it headed? It's supposed to land in San Francisco, in California. Right? Now, is that a short distance or a long distance? It's a long distance. Right? So, and nowadays they have that what is called in flight entertainment. As a devotee, you may, or, you may or may not see that. You may see that and not tell others. That's a different thing. Right? But in that infant entertainment, you have something called as flight path. Have you touched that flight path? You will always see the aircraft going like this, like this, like this, like this. They just keep adjusting the nose of the aircraft. You know why do you do that? Because it is said that over a long distance, the tank theta principle of trigonometry matters. Opposite side by adjacent side, right? So what happens? Tank theta means even a half a degree or one degree variation over a long distance means instead of landing in San Francisco, you will land in Vancouver. <laughs> 
even that small deviation over such a big thing, long distance, can lead to a big change in your destination. So therefore, now that example stays with me, right? This is the same thing. You can read other Bhagavad Gita, but they are written by impersonalist philosophers. Everything seemingly will look the same. They also say bhakti. <laughs> but what is their bhakti? They also say bhakti. They say, oh, they also say, do Krishna bhakti. Hang on. When you ask them what is your goal of doing Krishna bhakti, what will they say? Mukti. You never ask them because you never had that question. <laughs> right? The goal of bhakti for them is to attain mukti. Whereas for a devotee, the goal of bhakti is more bhakti. That is the difference between Mayavad, sorry, Brahmavad or Mayavad philosophy and our philosophy. Even within Brahmavad and Mayavad, both are still different. Brahmavad is still acceptable. Brahmavad simply means there are three features of the absolute truth. Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdhyate. So it just means that some people are attracted more to the impersonal teacher, the Brahman teacher of the Lord. Some people are attracted to the effulgent light that comes from the toenails of the Lord. And they are very attracted to that. Fair enough, fine. You want to go there, go there, no problem. So Brahmavad is still acceptable. Because there is no envy of the Lord. There is just a preference for one aspect of the Lord over the other. Right? Which is fine. Whereas Mayavad is nonsense. That is dangerous. That's why Prabhupada is heavy. Most of Prabhupada's purports are defeating Mayavad. Right? In any of Prabhupada's books, if you see. Right? Mayavad is nonsense. Because Mayavad philosophy, it says that Bhagavan itself succumbs to Maya. And Hiranyakashipu is also saying that. If you go a little bit, in few verses ahead, you will see, this Lord has become partial under the influence of Maya. This is Maya philosophy. That Maya can subjugate Bhagavan. This is exactly Maya. So Hiranya is teaching Maya philosophy right now. Right? And he's telling all this under Maya So therefore this is nonsense. Right? So we have to be very, very discerning. So unless, therefore, it is not just the book. It is the person Bhagavata which is important. Some people say, Prabhuji, I don't want to do Bhakti Shatri. I don't want to do Bhakti Vaipa. I don't want to do all these things. I'll sit at home and study. I don't want to you know, hear lectures. I'll sit at home, just give me the book, I'll study Bhagavad Gita. By that, will we understand Bhagavad Gita? Has anyone understood Bhagavad Gita without guidance from some experienced devotee? It's not possible. It's not possible. Whatever our understanding will be hollow at best. And the moment someone comes and asks us a question, that balloon is gone there itself. Again, come back. You went and played Kabaddi, you went to the opposite camp, you got out there itself. Or you come, came back. Right? So, therefore, it is important to study these scriptures scrutinizingly and understanding the Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita holistically, especially Srimad Bhagavatam. Because Srimad Bhagavatam is a Purana. Srimad Bhagavatam contains a lot of pastimes, unlike Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is more of instructive in nature. Gita Upanishad is very instructive in nature. Nectar of instruction is very instructive in nature. But nectar of devotion and Srimad Bhagavatam, this has got a subtitle, this got a little different mellow, right? So there are a lot of pastimes here. But the pastimes have to be understood in a holistic context. If we just take select sections and draw conclusions out of that, then we, it could lead to dangerous consequences. Therefore, in this section, we understand that Hiranyakashipu is speaking all these verses, though they are all very beautiful, we understand his ulterior intent. And therefore, 
hearing from people like Hiranya and Shipu is not very good for spiritual life. Because there is no empowerment of the Lord under this instruction. Prabhupada said, purity is the force, books are the essence. And utility is the principle. But purity is the force. So we can speak big, big things, but our message will be only effective to the audience to the extent of our purity. Whatever we do with ulterior motives is not going to come under the realm of pure devotional service. What is pure devotional service has been defined by Rupa Goswami. Anni abhilashita shunyam jnana karma jnana Pure devotional service is that which does not contain any speculative knowledge, like what Hiranyakashipu is talking right now. The Lord who is influenced by Maya, Lord cannot be influenced by Maya, right? So it's speculative knowledge he's talking, deliberately, because that's why that's a characteristic of him. That's why he's called as demon, though he's speaking this. So these Mayavadis who are there in today's society, they may call themselves with big, big names. They may roam around with big, big beards, right? And they may talk. You are not this body, you are spirit soul. They may talk like that and people say, oh, how saintly, what eyes, what voice. But it is nonsense and that person, that demon is sitting inside, in the garb of a transcendentalist. So unless one comes to study the books written by a genuine Vaishnava, like Srila Prabhupada, one is not going to understand anything in the realm of Transcendence. I'll stop here. With, I need your blessing so that we remain in the shelter of Srila Prabhupada's books always. And be safe in our journey to the spiritual world. Srila Prabhupada ki jaya. Any questions, comments, or corrections? Yes. You mentioned the three, the three of the, the Mayabads. Did you say Brahmabad? Yes. So the Brahmabads, are they aware of the personal aspects of the law being the absolute? Yeah. They are, they just prefer So they will never say you are God, I am God, everybody is God. They just the Brahmavad's quest is more of peace and tranquil. That's their quest. And the devotee's quest is exactly opposite as what Lord Shiva tells Parvati during the Chitaragya's pastime. What Lord Shiva is telling Parvati, what is that? Was that the section? Am I misquoting or am I quoting properly? Narayana Parasarve Nakutashtana Vidyati Swarga Apavarga Narakesha Apidulayata Darshana He says that you may have cursed Chitraketu But Chitraketu doesn't care about your curse Because for a devotee, he is a devotee of the Lord Right? So even if you have cursed him to be a demon, it doesn't matter For a devotee, it doesn't matter heaven or hell Because a devotee doesn't chase material happiness or material peace Doesn't chase Now, it's not that we don't want it but the goal of our sadhana is to not become happy and peaceful, right? Especially in the metal world, anyway, it is designed not to be peaceful, right? But a devotee doesn't matter. A devotee does not care about his or her own happiness. Otherwise, why would Srila Prabhupada leave Vrindavan? Prabhupada could have easily taken the position of a guru. He could have actually even gone to the west, got few disciples and come back and said, enough, now I have proved myself. I have done prototype. <laughs> right? Now I will be the Mathamathadipati of Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati's next most illustrious disciple because I have got five Vestanthas. How many Vestanthas have you got? And Prabhupada could have sat and become the head of Gaudiyamant. But what did he do? Prabhupada relentlessly worked. He went to the ghettos in the most difficult areas in the, in the West, which is actually hell. <laughs> and the fact that was hell. Right? 
And for a devotee, for a pure devotee like Prabhupada, anything outside Vrindavan is right. Right? So Prabhupada went to such places, right? Suffered ignominy, suffered harassment. Sat under a tree with nothing in his hand, practically. And then he brought everyone into Krishna. But for him, he wouldn't be here today. So a devotee lives only to align with the desires of the Lord. If the Lord wants the devotee to come to this material world, they will come. Even when Prabhupada was leaving, Mataji, you can correct me if I misquote it. But even Prabhupada was leaving, disciples asked Prabhupada, can you stay? Prabhupada said, I'll ask Krishna. And then Prabhupada came back and said, no. He said, it's up to you, like that. Something like that I heard. So, devotees only live and die for the Lord. Devotees are not interested in peace, peace, shanti, om, om, shanti, no. Devotees go to the most ashant places and then bring shanti in that place. Because Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Bhukti Bhukti Siddhi Kami Sakari Ashant. Krishna Bhakta Nishkama Atayeva Shanta. It is only a devotee who, who is himself shant and therefore he can bring others also to shanti. I mean, it's all this ashanti which is so, Therefore, yes, so the Brahmavadi's preference is. The Brahmavadis are transcendentalists, there is no doubt about it. Prabhupada himself writes that in his purpose. But the Brahmavadis quest is not the ultimate, does not give, does not give the highest happiness to the Lord. Because they are still seeking something for themselves. Right? As a devotee doesn't seek for himself. Devotee doesn't even seek admission into the spiritual world. I am not saying this, Bhagavatam says this. Salokya Sarishti Samitya Ekatva Abhyoga Diyamanam Nagranati Vyamat Sevanam Janana. Devotee does not want any of these types of mukti because there is no seva in mukti. Devotee only aspires, Mama Jarmani Jarmani Shware Bhavata Bhakti Abhetu Kitoi. Oh my Lord, may you give billions of lifetimes to me, but keep me as your dog. <laughs> give me like any species. And this is Bhakti Vinod Thakur is playing like this. Give me any species, but let me be your devotee. Let me always be in service. So a devotee's fear is not about whether I get mukti or not. A devotee's fear is in the next lifetime will I lose my devotional service? Will I be in association of Melbourne Mahabharu Mandir devotees? This is a devotee's constant fear. This is the only fear. This is a healthy fear which devotee has. And Krishna is pleased with such fear. <laughs> Anything else? Yes, um, just Pastime and um, there was an initiation, and people were putting on you know, uh, the neck beads really loose. And Prabhupada said, No, 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 like this, they should be like this. He is now my dog. That <laughs> 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 so was just a really, you know, he's now, this is the obedience. Of, and it was just such as, you know, everyone just looked up. It was amazing. But it was just that idea. Anyway, it was just a really great story. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for sharing with us. Yes, Guru. I think something really interesting about being like a like a like a puppy uh, to the master is that the puppy is always excited to see the master, mm-hmm. or see Krishna, and so no matter no matter what happens, like if the puppy makes a mistake or does something wrong, the puppy may get scolded. But every time, you know, the master comes home, even if it's been scolded before, still becomes very excited and wagging the sand. So, 
as a disciple, no matter what mistake you make, the master doesn't take his love away from you, just as the puppy doesn't take away his love from the master, just because he's got it. So it's very interesting to the way. Thank you, thank you very much, Brian. Thank you very much for sharing. Okay, yes, thank you. Do we have time or something? I have the last question. Probably have one more minute on the floor. So thank you. Very enlightening lecture today. I was listening one of the guys in the car. And you brought so many elements into the discussion. So the God has two expansions. One is material expansion. What is what? Two expansions. Okay. So two expressions. Yes. One is the material expression okay. and another is the spiritual. Okay. So we are more indulged into the material expressions than what you're talking, seeing, etc. Mm -hmm. But behind that, the spiritual expansion are always broken, uh, coded. That there is something behind this world that we don't see. Yes, yeah, the spiritual world. And just one small correction there. There is nothing called as a material expansion. The expansion of the Lord is never material. All expansions of the Lord are spiritual. But then the classification in terms of energy of the So material energy and spiritual energy. Yeah, it is like this phase and amplitude of electrical signal. Mm -hmm. When you talk about the amplitude, it, it becomes a material. When you talk about? When you talk about the amplitude of the signal, uh -huh. it, it is equivalent to material. That is yeah, the initial condition, that is the spiritual. Yes. That, that I define. Mm -hmm. So unless you uh, the, the spiritual or phase is correct, the signal can be contaminated. So the discussion that you have made and the um, devotion that you have mentioned about the Vaishnavas, so it is equivalent to the purifying the senses. Is it true? So if you do the austerity, then when you are suppressing your senses, mm -hmm. you achieve some goal. Mm -hmm. But when you are in devotion, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, mm -hmm. that you are purifying all your senses, including your mind. Mm -hmm. And that is the beauty of the devotion. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, true. Yeah. Because uh, uh, in second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, the Lord is addressed as Rishikesh. Rishikesh means one who controls our senses. Right? So, a devotee does austerity not to uh, prove that how austere I am. A devotee, whatever austerity devotee does, is, uh, as you rightly said, is directed for giving pleasure to the Lord. For example, we, we fast in Ekadashi so that we can minimize our cooking time and maybe chant few more rounds. Not just for the sake of saying that, okay, look how nicely I can fast. Not like that. Yesterday I was talking with one of the impersonalists and they are talking the Brahma Shakta Jagodhita. So, in that aspect, actually, we are ignoring this material expression or expansion of God. And what are you talking about this, this spiritual existence of God? Is it true? And yes. when you talk about the bhakti, mm. basically you are getting association with God all the time, mm. with the unerred love. Mm. Is it true? That is true. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the one we want to achieve. Yeah. Uh, mm. yes. so we, can, we can get first uh, yes. but we want to be at the same position. To be the devotee. Yes. Thank you.
Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you.